Hello there. It's a weird time of year because the world is weird right now, but it's also graduation season, as many people are aware, I'm sure. I have a prompt for you, Alice, because I want to hear your, like, graduation story or stories, like high school, Mm -hmm. college, whatever you got. Like, I want to know, like, what antics and adventures you got into related to graduation. For high school, after graduation, we had a big lock-in party. There was like a big overnight carnival and everyone slept there. Was everyone invited or was this like an exclusive party for only some of the kids? Everyone was invited. Okay. It was held at like a church rec room area and there were like, it was like a carnival. There were all these games and most people just didn't sleep, but you could could have slept if you want. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And then my college graduation, uh, I... Got a blank diploma. What does that mean? <laughs> like a blank check? You could just like put in whatever school you wanted a degree from? Well, you know, they hand you like the box with the diploma in it and the little case that it comes in. But I didn't graduate at the right time. I graduated in like after the fall quarter. Okay. So, th- so there wasn't a ceremony. So I had to like pick if I wanted to graduate with technically my class and just have an empty an empty little portfolio thing. Yeah. Or if I wanted to walk like 6 months or 7 months later. Yeah. I did the I so I actually had the same thing. That's really funny. So did you did a a victory lap but not a full lap like a victory semester? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. what I did that too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm still class of 2010 technically, but I I really graduated uh college like the the semester after. So yeah, it was really uneventful. Um so my thing was so I was journalism school at at University of Kansas and so I went to like the journalism school's winter ceremony. They had like a sort of, you know, little walk across the stage horse shit that I barely remember because it was worthless, but the uh like the big commencement ceremony that they do mm-hmm. like at colleges or whatever uh funny enough i didn't go which is weird because like neither one of my parents went to college i was like sort of a first the first kid in my family yeah. to go but like i didn't go and i think i was just like oh commencement sounds like really boring like it's not like we had like a celebrity speaker or anything so i was just like no so uh, I did the thing, you know, the tradition at KU is that you walk through the like the big, the iconic bell tower on campus and there's like a whole, you know, superstitious thing where if you walk underneath the bell, t- the bell tower before you graduate, then you won't graduate. But I don't think I had <laughs> So did actually- you half walk under it? I, I did. No, I... <laughs> Oh, that's really funny because I was like, technically, I shouldn't have walked under it, but I did because I'm like, nah, I'm not, I'm not superstitious. So I walked through and then you walk down the big hill and then you walk into Memorial Stadium or football stadium for the big commencement speech. But I didn't go to the stadium. Instead, I got in the car with my mom and we drove down to Mass Street, the like big main street in, in Lawrence. And we went to this fancy hotel and sat at the bar, ordered a bottle of champagne and got drunk at the bar. And oh, nice. that was our that was my graduation from college where she like we just hung out and got champagne drunk and she gave me a copy of 
Oh, the places you'll go by Dr. Seuss. And that Aww. was that was like my graduation. I was just like, I don't need to go to commencement. Like I see all these people being like, oh, I'm like sad. I'm like missing my commencement. I'm like, do people like really go to theirs? Like my college, like it just was so I was just like n- I had no interest in going. Did you go to yours? I only half went to mine. So there was like on one day there was a huge speech with the entire school because there's I think the whole school is only 4,000 people. So there's like 1,000 a class, which makes things much easier. And um, there's like a huge thing. Everyone sits together. There's the famous speaker. I don't even know who the famous speaker was. Uh, I did not go to that because it sounded boring and there was rain. Mm -hmm. But then we had like our individual schools. Like the engineering school had their individual ceremony where people who did engineering walked. And there was like an engineering lady speaker person. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So I did that. So you have you half asked it. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I did half these. And my mom made me cry. Remember that? Like in a good way, like a happy way or a bad way? You've heard the stories. Take a gander. Yeah, I'm gonna go bad <laughs> way. <laughs> oh God. That's so funny and awful. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You know what else is fine? Forced toast to Star Wars happy hour. Yes, and it's May 30th, episode 36. I'm Alice. I'm Laura. Yay, welcome to our party. This is our graduation. It's our graduation party, even though we're not graduating from anything. Yeah, does 36 have any kind of meaning? No, No. I don't think so. I'm not that old yet, so this is good. I know, neither one of us are that old yet, so we've got that going for us. Yay. Now we've, we've officially surpassed, like we'll never be the same age as our podcast. Yeah, this Odds is good. Are, because I, I don't anticipate doing this when we're like still like 50 years old or anything. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think we will do it when we're 50. That might be a bit much. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little bit. So so what do you got going for drinks this week? What do you, What's going on over there? I'm very excited. I've been waiting to crack this open on camera, live, on microphone. Everyone get ready. I'm ready. Coors Light. Did it. Get you a little money shot there? A little bit, but not too bad. <laughs> you kind of shot it's, back a little bit. It's on my glasses, yeah. <laughs> uh, whoopsies. <laughs> I swear to God, that never happens. I, uh... <laughs> uh, good for you. That's awesome. Did you go get yourself a case or did you just buy like a little single one downstairs? It's a big single one. You see? Lovely. 24 yeah. ounces. It's quite big. It's a it's a whole hander. I guess all cans are whole handers. Yeah, this one's really long. You need all your fingers. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, so I've got my my Last Jedi mug from ILM, and it's got uh just green tea with Fireball in it because I've been having like it's been so the weather's been so fucked here. It's like hot and cold and hot and cold and hot and cold, and now it's a little bit cooler, which is fucking lovely, but. It's like just doing murder to like my sinuses and mm. stuff. So I have uh I have like this weird on and off sore throat. Like literally five days before the Schmodown match, I woke up with like this horrifically sore throat and it like never even occurred to me, like, oh, it's probably allergies, you dumb bitch. It was like, <laughs> I have COVID, I'm gonna die. What's going to happen if I have to forfeit the match? What does that mean for my record? What does that mean for my team? Like, I went into, like, a fucking downward spiral, like, five days before, and I was, like, having a meltdown. And then I was like, dude, like, 
it's literally probably just allergies. Like, it's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Green tea and fireball, that's an interesting mix. Well, here's the here's the weird thing about tea for me. When it comes to, like, green tea versus black tea, like, I've, I notice very little difference between, like, green tea and, like, English breakfast tea. Like, I just cannot taste the difference. It just, huh. It's just hot water to me, and it really does not taste any different to be totally honest, which is really weird. So I'll just throw fireball in any old thing. I don't, you know, I don't care. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. Cool. <laughs> on to housekeeping. Yeah. Tell me about the Sithist. How did it go? They're uh, on their road to 200. That's very exciting. Yes. It was super fun. I think I was 198. And um, I was like super tipsy beforehand because that was the day that <laughs> I was filming shots um to practice <gasps> that's right yes. for the promos yes <laughs> and um and then my computer kept freaking out when they sent like the watch together or whatever it was called link every time they sent that okay. my computer would just totally shut down every time oh, i no. clicked on it so i kept so i kind of fucked things up a little bit but um yeah it was so much fun lots of laughs Good. lots and lots of laughs and i had a big can of um white claw and it was not very good but i drank it anyway and yep that's about it boom that's amazing that's so awesome well i'm so glad that you like that the the promo sort of contributed to your <laughs> your silliness that night i loved that you got to be in that that was like such a good idea that was a a shannon suggestion that i know she sent me a very nice message oh no really that's good mm-hmm. i fucking love her yeah she's awesome I want her crown. Right? It's a good crown. To wear. Yeah. yeah. Good times. Okay. So that was on May. That was, what episode is that, that, that date that, that came out, the episode that you're on the Sith list? I think 198. Okay. So yeah, go check that out. Uh, the night that they recorded that, I was just deep in the throes of studying and I had to bail out. So I'm sorry I couldn't be there, but I'm glad that you could go and represent the Force Toast name. Yes. Uh, we also had a guest spot on Pink Milk. Yeah, that came out on uh, May 27th. That was a fun time. Yes, that was so much fun. Yeah, so we mostly talked to Brian. Um, he and his spouse, Tom, run the, the Pink Milk podcast, and their show is just goddamn delightful. It's it's. For me, it's just it's just interesting because it's sort of something different. Like Brian is like a huge Star Wars fan. Like he's a fucking nut, like we are, you know. And he's um he's like a big Ahsoka fan. So we were talking a lot about the Clone Wars. And Tom is very much like a casual fan. So that's sort of the dynamic of their show. It's just <laughs> like Brian freaking out about stuff and Tom being like, "Here's how I interpret this as a casual fan." It, it's just it's a really cool balance, and I really like it. So they were a lot of fun to talk to. Um, and so we talked to them for a really long time and they finally got their episode up. I'm sure there was a ton to edit because <laughs> we just like talked for hours. Um, so that was, was so much fun. It really was. It was a good, it was a grand old time. So yeah, check that out. The Pink Milk Podcast. They're a uh, good group of dudes. And um, let's see. So obviously the the sort of big thing that happened, I think recently was that uh, the first round of the Schmodown Star Wars tournament happened this past week. That was on Wednesday um, on the 27th. And that was um, definitely a a good thing. And it had a a good result, I think. (laughs) Very nerve wracking. Rose and I watched together. I'm so glad that you got to do that. I was partially like afraid that that you guys doing that was going to like 
suck up some of the internet bandwidth in this household and that I wouldn't be able to like <laughs> properly stream the show and like be on the show. And I was I was a little bit worried, to be honest. But I think whatever Rose did and whatever setup she had going, it worked out fine. So um, that was that was really fun. I'm glad it was uh, just as nerve wracking. Like there's no change for you at any point. Like it's always just like fucking sweat inducing craziness for you. It's funny. It's witchcraftery. Because I feel like whatever nerves you have, they all magically come to me. Yeah. And you just don't even know they you have them. You just send them to me with your brain and it sucks. Yeah. It's very, it's very, it's very tense. Yeah. I'm really magical in that way and how I do that. So the, uh, the whole thing with the Schmodown in nerves is that I was like literally shaking through the entire first round. Like I could not hold my pen steady. Like I was sitting in this exact same position that I'm sitting in here talking to you now. My whiteboard is literally on the floor, like next to my bed. (laughs) And I was like, I mean, I was like trying to write and I need to go back and actually watch the match to see if it can, if it actually comes through because like I was, it was really a balance of trying to keep the whiteboard in the frame of the camera of the video so that people could see that I wasn't like on my phone cheating, but then like trying to hold my hand steady without leaning. Oh my God, it was awful. So that was, you actually were out of the frame quite a bit. Really? Mm-hmm. Whoopsies. That's fine. Whoopsie was poop. like, you could see like the corner of the board, you know, like, or like the top of the pen. Yeah. But so, hopefully I yeah, was right. Not noticeable. There weren't really a ton of like really long questions though, or like th- questions that required a lot of writing. It was really pretty quick. So I was I like to think that I was I was getting the the question written or the answer written down and then then in the frame, yeah. but maybe not. I don't know. I'll, I'll That's have to fine. do whatever. I'll have to do better next time because there's going to be a next time on July 1st. So stay tuned for that, everybody. Uh, I'll get to play in the the next round. That was exciting. Good one. Thank you. It's this beer that I've only had like five sips of. I like it. That was gassy today. That was solid. It was like, it was very open air. That was, it was beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. An open air burp. Yeah, so we're very excited for July 1st. That's going to be Wednesday, 5 p.m. Central and on Twitch. Yeah. We will keep reminding you. We probably have, what, like at least one episode, maybe two before then. Yeah, I meant to look that up today and I forgot. Um, But there are going to be Star Wars matches, I think, every week Mm -hmm. leading up to that. Or maybe there's going to be... Yeah, that sounds every right. Week. Okay, because yeah. I was going to say that I know that the Inner Geekdoms tournament is going on too, but that one's not live. Those are all pre-recorded, and I got to learn the results of one of them the other day, which was sort of fun. Um, but I can't tell. Can't tell anybody. Uh, the so yeah, that that's what's going on in in Schmodown Land and movie trivia competition land. It's been really fun. Holler. It's been different. That's a very, very different year. Obviously, this whole coronavirus thing has been strange, but it was one of those things like, you know, when we went when we went to the studio and we were we were watching sort of everything happen over the course of the day, you know, we walked away being like, you know, really is like a well-oiled machine. Like it's so impressive the Mm -hmm. amount of work that goes into everything to make everything happen. It was so, so cool. Um, but it's it's like it's literally no different with like the electronic in virtual form, it's all the same. Like, it's just this smooth running thing, like things happening on the back end, backstage. It's all the transitions are happening seamlessly. It's just, just so impressive. It's so, so impressive. I was I was really pleased with how everything went. Yeah, I was messaging with all sorts of other people, too, while you were going. Like, I think I was talking to Andy and maybe Luis and Matt and uh, 
Uh, yeah, I was texting with a whole bunch of people yeah. during, while you were playing. I was like, yay. Um, but yeah, it's cool. And I'm really glad we don't have to travel to LA. And by we, I mean you, because I won't be able to afford it right now. But um, yeah. this is this is nice that it's at home. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, although I wish I had some excuse to be spending money on travel right now because American Airlines and United Airlines are both holding hostage somewhere in the realm of about $1,500 of Ooh. my money, maybe more. It might be closer to 2000 between the work trip that I had to cancel that was three legs and the bachelorette party I have to cancel. I'm supposed to be at this weekend. And mm-hmm. there was something else that I had to cancel. Is there a wedding? There was a wedding in July that um I have to, that I have to cancel. I have all these flights that are just outstanding. I'm just like, cool. Can I please have any excuse to go anywhere so that this money isn't just like hanging over my head? It's so annoying. It's so inconvenient. <laughs> I mean, like it's fine, but it's just annoying. Yeah, that really sucks. But uh, oh well, I know. something will work out eventually. Exactly. Alrighty, caravan of corrections. Yeah, we both we both stand corrected. <laughs> yeah, a word that I thought maybe was real, but maybe I made up and I wasn't sure. And that word is disinformation. It means information on purpose or giving wrong information on purpose to mislead. Spreading, spreading false information to mislead, you know, like our president. Propaganda. Mm-hmm propaganda stuff yeah so it so. wasn't it wasn't <laughs> properly used in the context you were using it i'll i'll give you that but it is a no, real word no it was because i we weren't talking spoilers, about we weren't talking about propaganda no no it's not necessarily propaganda it's false information intended to mislead so i was wondering if some of the leaks were purposely wrong to confuse us hmm. misinformation is accidentally giving the wrong information hmm. gotcha Mm-hmm. I'll take your word yes. for it. I don't remember. That's cool. We learned something new. Words. Vocabulary. Yay. Yay. Okay. Because that's what our podcast is. Yeah. It's a vocabulary lesson and nothing more. Yeah. And you're welcome for that, by the way. <laughs> yes. On to the news. <laughs> Let's get into the news. So the most recent thing that I saw today was really exciting for me as a Star Wars Rebels fan. What the fuck day is it today? Today is the 30th. So this came out yesterday. Apparently... There is a casting uh, process happening for a live-action Ezra Bridger. So this comes to us from a website called the Illuminerdy, which is clever. I That's like that. Cute. I like that name <laughs> yeah. a lot. Um, but uh, apparently, it's and they credited it in their story. Uh, this website called We Got This Covered initially reported on this scoop about two months ago. So that I guess good for them. And nobody, it it sort of didn't run anywhere because I think that website is like mostly bullshit. Like it's not really all that reputable. We got I see mm-hmm. I see stuff from them a lot, and it's I none of it is really anything. But yeah, apparently they are looking for. Or by they, I mean like. Disney is looking for a male between the ages of 30 and 40, looking for an actor of color, specifically performers of Asian descent. However, they're open to Indian, Latino, and Middle Eastern. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Okay. Um. <laughs> well, most of those are technically Asian, except for Latino. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the Latino part is yeah. kind of funny. I'm just like, okay, I'm not sure how excited people would be if we cast a Latino as Bridger. I'm not sure if that's what we're, I don't know, whatever. The uh, but the fact that we're gonna get a live action older version of Ezra is very very cool. Um, so I'm, 
I'm really excited about this possibility. Um, the article also stated specifically that the, the their sources are saying that this is not a casting for The Mandalorian, that this is for a separate live action series. Um, so this could be this could be something really cool, I think. Oh, do you think they'll get Pierce Brosnan to play Thrawn? They fucking better. They fucking oh. better. I don't I we still don't really know how old Thrawn is supposed to be. So I mean, I think they could really cast anyone of any age, to be honest. Yeah, we don't know how they age. We don't know how long they live, I don't think. No. Not officially anyway, as far as I know, but maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't but take our word for it. I know. But right? I want Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> you just want Pierce Brosnan in Star Wars because I just want I just want anybody who was in Mrs. Doubtfire to be in Star Wars. <laughs> that that's fair. The whole cast of Mrs. Doubtfire exactly. gets part. Exactly. But no, I was thinking because the that celebration mural last year, how Thrawn oh, was how Pierce Brosnan. Oh, how could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he belo- it belongs together. It's like a self fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. or something. Oh my god, I'm a genius. Fuck, speaking of Thrawn. Yes. <laughs> segue of the century. That is a good segue. Speaking what? of Thrawn, so, you know, Del Rey pushes all their books back, usually. Um, but for the first Thrawn Ascendancy, Chaos Rising book, they're pushing it up a month as a gift to us Yay! for being on good behavior. And it's going to be out September 1st instead of October 6th. Yeah. Very Boom. exciting. I am so excited for this. The more I think about it and the more that I just need like something good in terms of Star Wars media to happen, I just get more and more excited about this. I also like I feel like I've gotten a lot of questions recently about like Star Wars reading and what I like to read and I'm like I always have to throw the Thrawn trilogy in there because I just fucking love it. And mm-hmm. I'm it just is making me even more enthusiastic about this Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy. I don't think I was excited at first. I think I was like, like, why? Yeah, I'm not feeling very excited about it yet. Because it's a prequel. I get it. Like, we know where it goes. Like, I, I understand it, but I, I... But we don't know what, like, the Chiss world itself really looks like. No. With, and like, I'm, the villages of them. I'm, I'm assuming excited. that's what we'll see. Yeah, I'm hoping that's what we'll see. But I'm excited for it, for, for that kind of stuff. Um, I think this is going to be really cool. So, yay, that's exciting. Timothy's on... Book one is called Chaos Rising, September 1st. Be on the lookout for that. Yay. Yes. And then I think the day this comes out, is this coming out June 2nd? This episode? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that's when Queen's Peril actually comes out. Oh, dope. Okay, cool. I think. Anyway, E.K. Johnson did an interview about it, and um, I started reading Queen's Peril. I think I'm maybe halfway through it, and I am obsessed. I love it. Oh, good. That's good. That makes me happy. So not giving away any spoilers, and these are things that were mentioned in the interview, but basically it's from when Padme gets elected, at the selection of her handmaidens, the background of them, how they all work together, and you know how they've like practiced things. But then it also has like some Chuck Wendig esque things in it and that you randomly get like a snippet of a story from across the galaxy like when anakin loses a pod race or maul putting together his lightsaber you know so you get like those weird little stories out of the blue the interludes yes yes um but they're like you can picture them because it's taking place not too far before phantom menace and also in the interview she said that um which i haven't gotten far enough in the book yet but it sounds like it goes a great deal into the phantom menace like battle of naboo yeah she mentioned the battle of naboo i was like what um and it it was just it was nice because she had mentioned that like she'd started 
really mostly writing fanfic and that it's kind of like doing that because you're reimagining scenes from different points of view yeah which she's done forever and then i think her first star wars book was ahsoka and she was like super nervous about writing it and like writing the wrong things but she finally uh she's finally letting herself just let loose write whatever she feels like and then the story group can correct it if they want yeah no that's so (laughs) cool i mean that was one of those really interesting things that i learned at uh c2e2 when when disney publishing what was it yeah i guess it was disney publishing or del rey or whoever it was that put on the panel Mm -hmm. they talked about how like these writers like don't it's not a requirement that they come in and be experts on star wars like they don't have to know every single thing they don't have to know what type of blaster or even that they use the word blaster for gun like Mm -hmm. you can just come in and write a story and they'll go in and swap out the word gun for blaster you know, when and if they need to, that kind of stuff. So it, that was just that was just interesting. I mean, good for her. If she can kind of sit back, relax, and kind of come into her own as a writer, then, you know, maybe that'll sort of up the ante on the quality of, of sort of what we're getting in Star Wars reading. That's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, although this does ruin the ending that I wanted since it goes so far into the Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah, because you, you had sort of made a prediction of where you thought it would cut off an end. I just wanted it to be C.O. Bibble saying invasion. That's all I wanted. The last word just to be invasion. That's funny. You know, and I would have been so happy. I would have like jumped out of bed, like been like, oh, with my hands like raised and stuff and like run in circles for like 10 minutes or so. So so you don't do the thing where you like skip ahead and read the end of the book? No. No, Uh, I never do that. I know that's your thing. And I just, it's so weird. Yeah, I'm a fucking monster. That's really funny because I just want to know. You are a monster. Between that and writing in books? Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I'm the scorch of the earth. (laughs) Weirdo. That's really cool, though. So was there anything else that was sort of interesting in this interview that jumped out to you? Or is there a... Uh, No, most of it was an excerpt about, like, Padme meeting her handmaidens that Panaka had selected. Yeah, it was just, it was a nice interview. I I liked, it was pleasant again. It was mostly just about her coming up with the idea and just kind of letting it all out instead of feeling so restricted or being scared about, you know, fucking something up. Yeah. So... It's pretty cool. Very cool. Good for her. We'll post a link to that article um, in our show notes. That interview was posted on Polygon.com. And more Del Rey news, Mm -hmm. because they're the only people doing anything. High Republic is delayed. Now, I like to think that if this pandemic hadn't happened... That they would have, like, had it all together and on schedule and all that stuff. I don't think that there would have been any reason for any of this to be delayed. I think they were really, really motivated to, like, make this a big thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is this is pandemic the pandemic's fault. You know, they, they're citing marketplace delays as the, the reason why they're having to, to push everything back. Um, but really all they addressed it specifically in this uh, this article on StarWars.com is that the first two books of the High Republic are going to be pushed back. So one of them, the first one is Charles Soule's novel, Light of the Jedi, and Justina Ireland's middle grade novel, um, A Test of Courage. That's the other one that's going to be delayed. Those were both set to debut at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, which we still don't have an update on somehow. Um, but the So those will not be released in August. Um, it looks like those have been pushed to January 5th, 2021. Mm-hmm. And then Claudia Gray's come out less than a month after. Yeah, February When it 2nd. rains, it pours. Exactly. We're getting like books back to back. We're not going to be able to keep up with them. No, but that'll I mean, be nice because it'll be like Christmas vacation type of time. Like we'll be able to, 
Because I, I, I'm just assuming that we'll have our advanced reader copies that we can get through then, so. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I forgot about that. Because we finally got them, y'all. <laughs> yeah. I know, Alice. Uh. If, you, uh, if you heard that Alice was reading Queen's Peril, you may have been wondering how. It's because, yeah, a while back we got approved. Uh, our show got approved to be considered media, and we get to have advanced reader copies. And so stay tuned for a, a sort of episode breakdown of Queen's Peril. That'll be coming soon, as soon as I can jump in and start reading and get caught up. <laughs> it's so good i'm just like i'm loving every second of it good i don't want to put it down but i start reading before bed because it helps me fall asleep and i just like don't want to put it down but i can't stay awake yeah you know so it's just like oh no judgment okay. all right but a big thank you to del Rey. they're very kind to us and yeah they give us lots of content so we yeah they've been very generous and very kind to us so far we've been very happy so okay what else is next in the news we've got stuff that happened on may 25th because that was the second anniversary of the release of solo a star wars story so naturally that brought star wars twitter out in droves with the hashtag make solo 2 happen that happened last year too on the first anniversary of the film's release so um i i read a lot of interesting stuff about this obviously may 25th i wasn't on Twitter very much. What the hell day was that? That was Monday. Um, Monday. I've been sort of deep in the throes of studying at that point, so I missed most of it. And uh, but I I think from what I read, it seems like a lot of like people in the media are sort of speculating that this like enthusiasm for the Make Solo Two happen is sort of stemming from the fact that in 2021 HBO Max is going to release the Zack Snyder cut of 2017's Justice League. And that this sort of, like, Make Solo 2 movement ha- is, like, a, a sort of renewed fan enthusiasm and optimism based on that. Because mm-hmm. that's finally happening. And I'm like, I don't know if that really has anything to do with it. I think it's sort of coincidence. Like, we went through all of this last year on the anniversary of people wanting a sequel to Solo. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you think? I don't know. I don't like the idea of, like... I don't, I don't I don't know anything about the Zack Snyder cut or Justice League never watched it. Um I know people have talked about it, but I don't like the idea of just like bending over to people. Yeah. Yeah. But I would love a Mall and Kira show. Yeah. And so that's the other part of this news. I was sort of hesitant to include this in our outline because it's not from what I would call a reputable source because it's not a source that I had ever heard of before. Um, (laughs) And nobody else picked up the story and ran with it, which makes me also question its validity. So a few days after the whole Make Solo 2 movement sort of got its second push, um, This site called the Disney Plus Informer revealed that a solo sequel series is allegedly in development for Disney Plus and that that series would center on Maul in Kira in Crimson Dawn. The article is sort of interesting. It's sort of I I just sort of question whether or not it could be valid at all since literally no other news site picked it up. Like if you Google this, like nothing else comes up. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know. I don't, it, it just randomly showed up on, on my Facebook and in my news feed. So I, I think it's take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, I, I talked earlier in this in this show about how we got this covered, reported on an Ezra, a live action Ezra Bridger casting two months ago and nobody ran with it then. So you just never know. Like, who knows where, what the sources are and where they're getting their information. This could, 
you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this were true. I think that's a really good idea to do a sort mm-hmm. of Crimson Dawn centered show. I think that would be really fun. When would you set yeah. it? Do you think? Do you think you would? Would you jump ahead in the timeline, or do you think you would pick up right where oh. Solo left off? Well, if Kira were to be featured a lot, it'd have to pick up where Solo left off. And how many years before A New Hope was Solo? Ten. Ten. Yeah. Okay. Um. I don't know. I, I'd like to see Maul create the Crimson Dawn and... Maybe do a little bit of flashback type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, maybe some flashbacks or Kira telling a story at a bar or something. I don't know. But I think it'd probably have to be after the movie. Yeah. The thing that would be hard, I think, about the flashbacks is that Maul doesn't... It's hard to tell Maul's age just by looking at him. So you would have to like right. put the thing on the screen that says, like, this is 10 years ago. This was five years ago. Like, whatever. Like, you would have to be really clear, I think. Yeah. But like all these TV shows, I'm loving that we're getting TV shows, especially after what they've done with Mandalorian. But like, these are going to be years and years out. Yeah. 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 And I don't I don't want to keep thinking about them and getting excited and being like, whoops, I'm going to be 36 by then. So her, her, her. Well, well, you also have to think about the fact that, you know, we're this far out. Who knows how far out they would be from even beginning to film this. Like Amelia Clark is a big deal actress like she could very easily if she were to get cast in this get a better offer to do something and that would completely throw off the schedule and Mm -hmm. i i just i don't know it sort of makes me question how they would pull it off but the idea of it alone is intriguing to me so i i do hope that this is true i just am gonna take it with a grain of salt until we hear something from a more reputable source yeah yeah that's fair but yeah, more Kira, more Maul. Let's do it. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. And Laura, you found one more thing in the news. IGN recently sat down with Alex Segura, who is going to be writing the Star Wars young adult novel Poe Dameron Freefall. I'm really excited for this book. I think the the premise of it's really interesting to me. I know a lot of people were really mad when... The Rise of Skywalker came out and it was revealed that Poe Dameron used to be a spice runner because it's like, okay, do you have to take the Latino dude and like make him a drug runner? Like, is that really necessary? Which I I totally understand that sentiment. I hear it. I get why people are sort of mad about it. I do think it's sort of encouraging that this person that's writing this novel, Alex Segura, it sounds like he's, that name sounds Latino to me. I don't know anything about this writer. So I think it's at least good that they got, it sounds like they've got a person of color to be writing this story, which I think is is probably a good thing because that would be sort of, I think, sketchy if it was a white person writing this. But so I like yeah, that. Yeah, I have the, uh, we have access to it. Oh, do we? Is that one that's already out there? Yeah, yeah. I have it downloaded okay. to read next. But what I really like is the, one of the covers. I don't know if it's the official cover or if it was just like one of the cover ideas that had a very tiny Zori Bliss. Like it was like a, bust of Poe basically and then a very very tiny Zori Bliss kind of like in the foreground I guess okay and someone had commented like oh Poe keeps Zori in his front pocket (laughs) (laughs) his front shirt pocket (laughs) like Thumbelina or something exactly she's Tinkerbell (laughs) (laughs) sit right here beep exactly boop boop Where's Babu Frick? Like, if, if she's small, like, Babu Frick would be, like, even even. He'd smaller. be a fucking flea. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be smaller than a flea. He'd, what's smaller than a flea? Um, And I don't know. He'd be like an electron. He'd be like if a flea took a shit. It would be like the flea's shit. 
Yes, that's probably right. Yeah. Okay, good call. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Nailed it. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So this interview with Alex Segura includes uh, the first, it, it includes it, an excerpt from the first chapter of the novel. So I actually sat and read that. And it was really, really good, actually. I really enjoyed it. So hmm. you said you hadn't started reading the book, right? Correct. Okay. I'm going to finish Queen's Peril first. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So I really enjoyed the excerpt, to be honest. And it it, it was kind of cool because it sort of jumps right in to like a conflict with like angsty teen Poe Dameron, which I, I hear it when I when I say it. It sounds exhausting. Like it sounds like fifth Harry Potter book exhausting. It's not like that. I, I don't think it was like that at all. But there's a lot of like Poe thinking about his mom and like explaining what his relationship was like with her and what it's like with his dad, which is uh, it's very strange because it sounds like Kess mm-hmm. is in like a really dark place. But the excerpt doesn't really get into detail. But my assumption from reading it is that we're going to actually find out how Sherrod Bay dies because the book is set when Poe is 16 years old. It sounds like she died when he was eight. And I know it's bleak, but for some reason, I'm just really interested in finding out how and why she died because she was like this hero of the rebellion and an A-wing pilot and like a hero at Endor, I think. And it, I, she was really big in that, um, the comic series Shattered Empire, which was really good. And I was, I thought she was such a badass. So I'm just like, what the hell happened to this woman who was just like so cool? And now we, we you know, obviously we get, you know, her legacy in Poe Darren, who's obviously, who's a neat character. But I just am really curious to find out what happened to her. So I'm kind of hoping that they get into detail in the book and it sounds like they're going to. Okay, cool. Yeah. So the, I, just repeating myself, the only place she really shows up is in the comics. That's the only reason we know about her. Yeah. Is yeah. That correct? Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, she was slightly in the um, the new Star. I think I read one or two issues of the new Star Wars comic, yeah, like the main one, mm-hmm. and she was in it. Um, before I think it was before she got married, or obviously before she had Poe. I think Poe was born two years after the Battle of Yavin, so he would, I think, in the Empire, and because it's set right after Empire, so he would be like a a toddler or a a one year old maybe at this huh. point. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't really tell. Whatever. Yeah, but the so this novel, um, again, it's called Poe Dameron Freefall, is on schedule to be released on August 4th of this year. So stay tuned for that. We'll definitely read it. Sounds like we have access to it already, so that's good. But yeah, August 4th, one of the ones that's still on schedule, which is very cool. Uh, nah, nah, nah. So that's it for news, yeah? Yeah, I think that's all, all we got. It's been kind of nice that there's actually been news happening. It's been not nice because I try to keep up with it but i need to study for movie trivia so i can't follow it until three hours before we record the show and then i'm just like scrambling be like what the fuck happened this week (laughs) oh my god i know right okay so next up is recap on top i'm sorry i'm like burning up can i like can we take like a five minute break sure stand from the air conditioner no that's totally fine let's take a five minute break it's all good okay awesome thanks Mm We are back. That was a fan noise. We are back, cool? and you're very fancy with your fancy fan. Oh, I like that fancy. <laughs> fancy fan. No. I um, <laughs> I like it a lot. It's funny. Um, and it's what we have to do because if we turn on our, our window units or our air conditioning units in our Chicago apartments, it gets very, very loud and buzzy. So you're welcome, everybody. Yes. So recap on tap. We're not really going to talk 
about much of anything because the only thing out is uh, the Mando docuseries and neither of us have watched all the episodes. Yep. I am still very behind. I have been enjoying the last couple of days of not studying any movie trivia stuff, which has been very nice, but that has not afforded me enough time to watch all five episodes that are out of this Disney gallery show. I've only seen the first two. Yeah, I watched the first three, but I was only half paying attention because I was on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable. So, so I've watched about one and a half-ish. Nice. Well, we'll get caught up eventually, and we'll talk <laughs> about it. They're quick, you know? They're only, thir- like, what, 30 minutes each? Yeah, if that. Yeah, so I'm sure eventually when we do recap them, it'll be a sort of, it'll be a fairly, it'll be nice to have a more, like, comprehensive conversation since they're they're quick, little quickies. Yeah, so... Uh- yeah, that's a good idea. We'll wait till they're all out. And probably we'll be hopefully be able to talk about Queen's Peril if you if you end up having time to read from the study book, maybe next episode. Yeah, I would like to. I would like to be able to read it because I'm, I'm, I'm excited that you're excited about it, that you're saying it's really good. That makes me excited. So I would like to sit and read it. I mean, I don't know what I was expecting with Queen's Peril, but I was not. I don't think I was expecting to be so happy about it. I'm just like pleasantly surprised. I love the little like asides that she does with random characters at other times in the galaxy besides Naboo and I like seeing all the handmaidens their backgrounds like how everyone works together to kind of build who Amidala is as far as like it explains her voice it explains like like her outfits and all their little plans and stuff it's just it's really cool I love that because they feel like they sort of only scratch the surface of all of that in Queen Shadows, mm-hmm. so that's awesome that they're like diving deeper into it. I'm pumped. Yeah, it's it's really good. That's all. I, that's all I'll say for now. <laughs> well, get uh, get excited for more prequel era talk because our first listener question this year comes from our buddy this year, Jesus, this, this week. <laughs> um, it's our first this year. We're very excited. 2020. Um, no, first one. This episode is from our friend Scott, who wrote into the, uh, our website, which is kind of cool. We um, yeah, yeah. Thanks for writing in, Scott. I'm glad that people are are seeing that that contact form on our website and using it. Very cool. Well, you know, Laura, it may actually be our first email from the website of the year, so maybe you're not wrong. Sure, I'll take that. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm always happy to be right. <laughs> so Scott says, first, happy late birthday, Laura. Yay! I added the A for um, excitement. This might be more of a question, maybe questions, for Alice since her favorite movie is Attack of the Clones, but I'm curious if both of you might have noticed something in the last week or so that blew up in the Star Wars galaxy. Have you both watched or heard Dave Filoni's opinion in the second episode of Disney Gallery's The Mandalorian about Qui-Gon being Anakin's, quote, father figure and how Obi-Wan wasn't? I was curious if you saw it and your thoughts on Dave's opinion about that. I didn't know if we should include like a sort of break out, breakdown of this picture that he sent us because um, he included a sort of an image um, or a series of images, which I very much appreciate because it's sort of in like a meme form. <laughs> I like I appreciate the format very much. But just to sort of break down what's in this picture for all of you listening in our audio only format. With regards to his question, he included this picture where Filoni is talking about Qui-Gon as Anakin's father figure. Then there are two screen grabs from Attack of the Clones where Anakin refers to Obi-Wan as his father figure. And then there's a screenshot from Revenge of the Sith where Obi-Wan is yelling at Anakin on Mustafar, you are my brother, Anakin. So we've got these sort of counterpoints that Scott has presented here to what Dave Filoni is saying, which is that Obi-Wan was never really... Anakin's father figure it was sort of Qui-Gon from the get-go 
So what are your thoughts on this comparison, this point counterpoint? You know, it doesn't bother me. And here's why. I always felt that there was like a weird kind of chemistry between Qui-Gon and Shmi. Mm -hmm. And he was much older than Obi-Wan, therefore much, much older than Anakin. So that's like just from an age difference perspective alone, that's a lot more authority. And didn't we find out like Obi-Wan's only about 10 years older than Anakin, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he would have been, wasn't he 25 in he Phantom yeah Menace? he was around mid twenties I think um so he's really not that much older and I would definitely see Qui Gon being more father figurely but it stopped real early but he was the one kind of taking care of Anakin like let's go do 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 so in kind of a more fatherly sense I mean that's fine to me. And Obi-Wan, while it is, you know, closest thing to a father I've ever had, he was 19 in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. That's a huge age, di- like 19 and 31 or 35, whatever. That's a huge age difference, right? So I kind of have a thing where it age just comes into play. And I have cousins who are my parents' age. So I grew up calling them aunt and uncle, mm-hmm. because, even though they're cousins, because they're so much older. And... uh You know, and they have grandkids and things like that. But now that I'm older, I don't call them aunt and uncle anymore because they're just not my aunt and uncle. Like, they're they're first cousins. So it doesn't bother me that it it kind of switched around like that. But then, you know, when they're kind of in war together and, you know, they've been just kind of like hanging out and tag teaming everything. And the older you get, the less age matters in a way. So, yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. Like, I, I, I would. I would agree with that. But maybe things would be different had, you know, maybe Qui-Gon could have seemed brotherly. I don't know. Maybe it's something weird in the Jedi Council that everyone's kind of like a brother and sister. If it, you know. Mm. More of like peers on that sort of same level. Yeah. 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 So I, I love this explanation that that Filoni provides. And I mean, it's first of all, it's hysterical. If you haven't watched this Disney Gallery episode, you have to watch this one because it's literally the last 10 minutes of the episode. I think they just let him rant. Like he just goes <laughs> on this rant and it's so freaking funny and it goes on forever. But I love it because I think Qui-Gon, number one, is an incredibly underrated character. I think mm-hmm. he sort of gets lost in the shuffle because he was only in The Phantom Menace. He was just in this one film, but he was like so, so important. And the sort of yeah. how, how everything ended up shaping together. So after watching this gallery episode and seeing these screen grabs from Attack of the Clones and from Revenge of the Sith, I think it really just drives home for me how things vary in the Star Wars universe based on one's point of view. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I always bring the point of view back in. Anakin like makes this reference to Obi-Wan being a father figure to him, but we never actually hear Obi-Wan echo that sentiment. So mm-hmm. Obi-Wan doesn't really seem to like view the relationship that way or maybe he like maybe he did at one time but the relationship has sort of evolved into something else once we get to mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones and obviously Revenge of the Sith. So And Obi-Wan also didn't choose or want Anakin. Exactly. He was just giving doing his promise to Qui-Gon. Exactly. So yeah, so these two men have been by each other's side for, like, 13 years, pretty much constantly. And, like, in that time, Obi-Wan probably started out as, like, a father figure to Anakin. I can kind of see that being that Anakin was only, like, 9 or 10 years old when they met. And then as Anakin grows up, they become more like brothers um, because that that age difference sort of, you know, matters less and less and it evolves in a different way. And one of the last things that Obi-Wan then says to Anakin in Revenge of the Sith before he's rechristened Darth Vader is, 
goodbye, old friend. So if you kind of look at it that way, he's sort of like, it's almost kind of like he's like stepping farther and farther away from like mm-hmm. what the thing that Anakin really needed in his life, which was a father figure. Like over the course of the prequels, he's just stepping farther of the way. And so unfortunately, Anakin ends up finding more of that father figure in Palpatine, who we constantly hear refer to Anakin as like my boy, or he addresses him as son. And, you know, because he's oh, he's conditioning yes. Anakin and Anakin doesn't interpret it that way because abuse victims never interpret it that way from their point of view. So for Anakin, Palpatine is just filling this void that was first left by Qui-Gon. And then that void just continues to expand as Anakin grows and Obi-Wan pulls away. So I think like bringing it back to Scott's question, you know, what's our opinion on Dave's point of Qui-Gon being a father figure? I can I can totally see it. I think it mm-hmm. it's dependent upon Anakin and Obi-Wan's points of view which in this case are very much not aligned. They're sort of interpreting their relationship, I think, very differently. But honestly, at the end of the day, I could listen to Dave Filoni rant about Star Wars and how he understands it and how George understands it and why things are the way they are. I can just listen to that for like an infinite an- amount of time, just forever. And I, I can't yeah. imagine ever getting sick of it. You know, they- he talks a lot about, you know, how it's important to make stories hopeful and things like that. I just loved this 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 rant that he went on. I could watch it over and over again. Yeah, I love listening to him, too. I really like that answer, Laura. Thank you. That's very nice. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hadn't thought of the Palpatine thing, but that's he, he is the fathery, father, the fathery one. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I hadn't really given much thought to Qui-Gon at all. Like, even when we read Master and Apprentice, which I really enjoyed, I still just never, mm-hmm. I never really thought of him in that way and in, in their relationship that way. So I kind of want to go back and read that book almost again and kind of try and get an understanding of, like, what's the relationship really like there between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and kind of see sort of how that plays into this this whole monologue that that Dave Filoni just gave. Interesting. I mean, he's just he's such you're right. I could listen to him forever. He's such like a funny funny dude and he, is. he has so much interesting stuff to say. He really does. I love all his little mannerisms and stuff. I know. He's just so delightful. And I mean, all their conversations are so great with with John Favreau and Dave Filoni and the whole all the rest of the directors of Mandalorian. I'm really enjoying it. I'm not not watching the Disney Gallery series because I don't want to. I'm not watching it because I don't have time. Like, I would love to be able to sit down and just watch all of it. I'm, I'm really excited about that. I've just had other priorities, unfortunately. So I'll get around to it, though, eventually. Yeah, I think I need to watch it all, like, at once instead of just in tiny bits since the episodes are so short. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're just... Like, I, I need to get ready for it and focus and just, like, knock it out. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Okie dokes. Awesome. Thanks for the question, Scott. We appreciate it. That was really fun to sort of sit and think through a lot of that and get to, you know, spend some time really digesting what Dave Filoni said. That's really the best way to understand Star Wars, I think, is is to do just that. So yeah, thank you for the prompt. And we got another website question, which is really sweet from Steph. Yeah, this one was so nice. I love it. All right. So from Steph. I just wanted to reach out and tell you ladies how awesome your podcast is. I love the drinks, the trivia, the delightful way the podcast is handled. I regularly snicker and laugh while at work, causing my coworker to question my sanity. (laughs) Honestly, it's hard not to. This show is a delight, and I look forward to the next podcast. I do have a question for you. If you could fly any ship in the Star Wars universe, Legends or Canon, what would it be and why? May the Force be with you. Thank you. That's so nice. That was amazing. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm, like, really excited about this um, answer, and I'm really excited to hear what your answer is, and I almost wonder if it's the same answer that I wrote down at first. Uh, So I... I don't really 
I'm not like really into the ships, to be honest. Like I don't, I, I'm just not like a ship person. But I, I'm playing Jane. I would just want to fly an X-wing. I feel like they're the Corvette of space ships. And yeah, that's it. What about you? Oh, I thought for sure you were going to go N1 Naboo Starfighter. I, I don't pay attention to ships really very much. Hmm. You know I hate them with trivia. Yeah. I know they're like the, the N1s <laughs> though are so cool though. I just figured that would be your answer. So I, I, okay. So my favorite sort of ship design I think is the N1 because they're like just the fucking sleekest shit in Star Wars. I just think they're so cool looking. It's a cool design. I love like the sharp edges and angles and I love like the bright colors because the ones that we've seen are mostly yellow I think. So they're just really fun. But funny enough, I thought we were going to both have that same answer. I also wrote X-Wing and wrote this whole thing about X-Wings because I thought <laughs> I thought that you would, I wanted to have something different as like a backup. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm sort of in the same boat because like, I mean, when you think about it, like X-Wings are like that, even when they're like a sort of minimalist, like stick figure version, they're just like so synonymous with Star Wars and the universe, like, they're just so iconic, yeah. you know? And honestly, like, I, when I think about X-Wings, now I always think about that scene in Star Wars Rebels and seeing Harris and Dula get to fly an X-Wing and, like, what that meant to me as, like, someone who's been, who lo- who loves Star Wars and who's been, like, a Star Wars Rebels fan for a while. It had this, like, emotional resonance for me that I just, like, I can't even, like, put into words. It was just so cool because it was just this, like, marriage of, like, the classic and the new and it just like melted my mind in this weird way so if i could like ever have this opportunity like an opportunity for like a photo op or something at star wars celebration to like sit in an x-wing like just for a photo like i would probably cry (laughs) (laughs) oh that's awesome yeah they just you know they seem fun they're nimble you don't have to have many people to control them you get a little droid buddy it's fun. They can fly in hyperspace on like TIE fighters. Yeah. X-Wings are dope as fuck. Yeah. We're a fan. So interesting that we picked the same one. I know. That's I r- thought for sure you were going to pick like, well, you know, you related it to Rebels. I was like, Laura's definitely picking something from Rebels. I, know <laughs> I actually did think about the ghost, but then I was like, yeah, but like I would never want to fly a big bulky freighter. I would just be so annoyed. Like when I was learning yeah. to drive as a teenager, we like me and my siblings all learned to drive on my parents like giant conversion van because there were six people in my family, like there were four of us kids. <laughs> so we had a giant conversion van. It had like blinds and everything you could like pull down for shade. <laughs> it was awesome. But it was a fucking monster to learn to drive in. Like all of us like we're all pretty good drivers because we had to learn how to drive in that big monster. And I just think of freighters of like, when I think of freighters, they're like the Falcon or like the ghost. I always just think of that. I'm like, I don't want to fucking fly that big thing. I want the sleek, fast, fun ship. Want to go vroom, vroom. Heck yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm so surprised we picked the same thing, but. Hmm. That's so funny. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm, I don't know a lot about the ships. I, I leave them to you. That's your job. <laughs> it is supposed to be, when we play trivia, it is supposed to be my end of the bargain is is ships. Yes. Ships, weapons. Vessels. They're all you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Im- Imperial officers. Yeah. Those are all you. Weapons and technology, <laughs> villains. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. That's all down well, to me. I mean, pretty much everything's all you nowadays, but... Like, it's like I'm any lazy. any category that if I spun it on the wheel in the schmodown and that I would turn down, it's stuff that I actually have to know for pub trivia because Alice won't bother to learn it. <laughs> yep. So I, I would still spin away, but I do know it. Just saying. Holler. Yeah. Yes. So thank you, Steph, for the question. And now we have something very special. So this ties into trivia. 
actually. Okay. Divorce sent us trivia for you. And I was like, oh, he sent us a voicemail. It said for Laura. I was like, yeah, he sent us a voicemail, blah. And then we did the trivia questions. And then I forgot about the voicemail and didn't listen to it. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. Uh, Yes. So I listened to it way after the fact. I, Laura, you, did you listen to it before me, or did I text you to listen to it? Um, I don't. I, I honestly don't remember. Anyway, it is a delightful voicemail. So let us give you Devor. So during the last episode, when you guys were reviewing the Shadow Apprentice, um, Alice used the word "defenestrated" when talking about the Mall Ahsoka fight, and you, Laura, you were trying to get her to say it in Yoda's voice, but she refused. And after listening, I just felt like I had to write that wrong. And I, I, I thought it was important, like, you needed to hear it in Yoda's voice. So without further ado, at the siege of Mandalore, defenestrated by Ahsoka, Maul was. <laughs> <laughs> that oh is an amazing God. impersonation. <laughs> I'm so impressed by that. It was like, absolutely out of control i love it so much <laughs> uh, that's so funny god i wish i wouldn't have forgotten about it i just got so wrapped up in asking trivia questions that i forgot and it said for laura too so i extra forgot about it because i just care about me but um totally understandable yeah yeah you know hmm. uh that was an amazing impersonation i can't believe it you could, Devor, you could play Yoda on a cartoon or something. Devor, you are a goddamn delightful human. That was so fun and so funny. I'm so glad that he brought back the whole Defenestrate thing. And I'm so glad that people listen to me when we actually are talking on the show because sometimes I wonder. And yeah, I'm, that was just, that was, ex- <laughs> that was so good. It just made me so happy. Oh my God. Yes. That <laughs> is fucking hilarious. And I've listened to it several times and each time I like bust out laughing. <laughs> I know, so, right? Oh, yes. God. Yes, yes. Okay. So that leads us into some trivia. Trips. 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 Okay. I need to pull this shit up because I was like going through all the stuff to prepare for this episode and I completely Mm -hmm. fucking forgot about trivia of all things. Ah, yeah. So I'll just start talking while we're doing that. Last episode, we asked some questions that were from Alan Voivod, who does Star Wars 7x7. And we only did half of them and we saved the other half for today. So ask them we shall. I had The Last Jedi. I probably will fail. Even though I didn't do too bad last time. Uh, Laura has Rogue One. Laura, can you ask me first? Because I'm going to be worse. I'd rather end on a good note. Ha ha. That's funny. Yes, I can definitely do that. Um, Let me pull this up because that is the wrong email. I've gotten several emails from Alan recently. Okay, here we go. Okay, I think I must have just gone down the line and asked you the first like five. So I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that I'm not repeating any here. Um, If I am, forgive me. So question one. And again, these are all from The Last Jedi. Luke tells Rey the Force is not about this, but ironically, she has to do it to save her friends. What is it? Lifting rocks. Correct. Very nice. Yeah, that's a good point. I remember thinking that and being like, huh, okay. Ironic. Okay. Good story. Yeah. Question number two. (laughs) How many versions of the flashback with Luke and Kylo Ren do we see? Hmm. We see Luke's version, Kylo's version. 
I feel like there might be like a partial version that we see. I'm, I'm going to go three. You got it. You got three? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I think there's a – when someone's talking about Luke, there's there's like the scene of him with his hand on R2 yeah. burning, and then there are the actual stories. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Very, very nice. All right. So question number three. What does Luke give to Leia before going out to face Kylo Ren on crate? Ghost dice. Haha, <laughs> exactly. Thank you for specifying that they are of the ghost nature. Anytime. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Question number four from The Last Jedi. <laughs> what two-word phrase is uttered by Holdo and the medical frigate pilot as a goodbye to the fleeing resistance ships? Godspeed, Rebels? Yes. Okay. I learned from cool. this question in this email that Godspeed is one word. I thought it was two. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was like, maybe it's one word. So that's that's what I guess. But I always remember that because people make a big deal. They're like, oh, God in Star Wars, you know. But Han Solo's like, I'll see you in hell, ah, in Empire. So it happens, just not very often. Yeah, exactly. Also, fun uh, deep cut trivia. The medical frigate pilot's name is Resdox. Hmm. I'm 90% sure that's correct. Um, if it's not, we'll cut it out. The, uh... <laughs> All right. Last question for Alice of the day, again from The Last Jedi. What item of clothing does Rey ask a shirtless Kylo Ren to put on? A cowl. Correct. What is a cowl? I do not know. <laughs> I know what a, like, cowl neck sweater is. I think it's supposed... I think it's like, like a... Like a poncho? Yeah. Something like a poncho or some kind of, like, loose cover, like, sweater thing or something, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, like, a cape. Huh. Yeah. Like, how... I wonder why I was too lazy to ever look that up. Should we look it up now? Let's do it now. Okay. Hey, Siri. What the fuck is a cowl? <sighs> <laughs> she doesn't know how to respond to that okay i was just about to say those exact words at that exact time and then you said it okay so i put what is a cow and i get simon cow which is not right <laughs> cow okay oh i got clothing um, what is a a monk's hooded cow. sleeveless habit oh ray did not want those sleeves on there she's like put on a cowl let me just see those arms baby yeah. A large loose oh. hood, especially one forming part of a monk's habit. Hmm. Yeah, I was spelling it wrong. I was spelling it like my friend's last name, which is also like Simon Cowell's last Got name. Got it. Yeah, no, and okay. uh, Alan has it as C-O-W-L. <clears throat> God, that was, Excuse that me. was nice. His fucking beer, man. I shouldn't have drank beer. Okay. Wow. Did I get them all? I think you got them all. Oh, my God. And here you thought you were going to blow it. Good for you. I know. Fuck yes. Uh, I'm proud of okay. you. Okay. Re- Thank you. I am proud of me too. This has made my day. Okay. Ready for Rogue One, Laura? Let's do it. On what planet does the flashback in Rogue One take place with a younger Jen, Lyra, Galen, and Orson? Coruscant. Correct. Okay. According to Chirrut, how does the Force move near a creature that's about to kill? Darkly. Yes. Nice. Very good. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Okay. What did the stormtroopers ask Cassian and his informant to produce on the Ring of Kafreen? Let's see some scan docs. Yes. Whoop, uh, whoop, 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 whoop. I mean, you're on your A game right now. But... I really am. This is a really good time to be asking me questions. 
Yes, now's a great time. Yeah, honestly, like, <laughs> anytime in the next month and a half. If I like miss anything, like we've got a problem. <laughs> yes. What line of Cassians does Jen repeat while trying to convince the Alliance High Council to authorize a mission to Scarif? Rebellions are built on hope. Yes, very nice. Thank you. Very nice. And your final question. I think this was a Schmodown question. Oh, really? Like recently? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who gives the Imperial cargo shuttle the name Rogue One? Bodhi Rook. Ding, 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 ding. Yay. Yes. Yeah, nice. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that was on the Schmodown, like in one of the last two matches, or maybe that uh, contender match. Yeah, that we saw. maybe. I remember there being a Rogue One question that was sort of like that, but I don't remember. Huh. Maybe Alan is writing the Schmodown questions. Um, I don't believe so. I know that I know of two people who are writing questions. There may be more, but I only know two. One of them is the Trivial Pursuit game. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> it totally is, though. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> there really have been like literally word for word questions in this meta from Trivial Pursuit, which I'm not mad about because we play that a lot. Yeah, yeah. All right, should we should we keep it to just that? Should I grab some Trivial Pursuit? Should we keep going? You know, let's keep it to that. Today's gonna be a quickie, dude. This was a good. That was a good match. We we're both five for five. Air, yes. air five. Skype air five. That was a good one. We did it at the same time, that air high five. Yeah, that was beautiful. Do you want to do it again? Yeah. Boop. Dink. That one wasn't as good, but it's okay. I thought it was good. This it looked is... good to me, okay. but my hand was in the way of the camera, so I couldn't really tell. Got it. Uh, let's see. And we also, well, thanks again, Alan, but we also need some help with questions, guys. Yeah, if you are feeling generous and you have some time and you want to help me out with my trivia studying between now and my next match, which is July 1st, um, please send some trivia to, should we have people send it to you so you can ask me maybe in our next episode? Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. So send those to Alice. Alice's email is alice at forcedtoastpod.com and Alice is A-L-Y-C-E. Um, send those to her if specifically if you have questions um just centered on the crawls that would be really helpful for me because there was a crawl question that came up in the match that I just played against Sean and I actually did not know the answer I would have said the same thing that he did so I'm, I'm glad that that question didn't bounce to me but the um yeah so if you have crawl questions I would love to hear those send those to Alice um any help that I can get there would be great and then if you don't feel like doing crawl questions but you still want to help I would love some help with prequels and the Clone Wars movie so do your worst I'm here for it yes I'm here for it too because I get to ask them yay and I don't know why that's exciting but it is no it is it totally is what to expect for our next episode it will be out on June 16th yes so you talked about Queen's Peril a little bit that could come up yeah, we might talk about that. We'll obviously have a lot of trivia because all any time we put a call out, you guys respond in a huge way, which is always really helpful, and we very much appreciate it. Um, mm-hmm. And then we'll also maybe we'll plan to talk about the Disney Gallery, depending on how many episodes are out at that time. If we want to actually dig into it, maybe we'll wait until all of them are out. I don't know if they'll all be out by then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. We'll see. So we might have some short episodes over the summer. Just. I have to take a vacation. <laughs> no, and there's nothing wrong with that because I've obviously I need to put time into studying and I don't have time to be spending my whole Sunday um, editing the show with Alice. So that's uh, that. It, this is advantageous to kind of keep it brief. Indeed. Okay. Yeah. Or if you just want us to talk about random shit, send us questions. Web form on our website, forcedtoastpod at gmail.com. Whatever. We'll see what uh, whatever comes up. Yeah. We love it. 
Um, so moving on to our last segment, which of course is our toast to Alice. I would love to know what you are toasting to this week. My toast to is going to be to Duolingo, Ooh. the language learning app. Ooh, yes, I have been learning Russian, <gasps> and I can say really cool words. Well, a I now know how to pronounce letters of that alphabet that they use cool it's very confusing so you learn like the, a p you learn the r sound you learned the alphabet of it yeah how many letters are in the russian alphabet like 33 i think oh my god but th- things are pronounced differently so like the letter p it's pronounced like an r okay an o is sometimes a soft a and sometimes a soft o <laughs> um an h is an n so if you say nyet it's h-e-t oh my god yeah, it's, it's very, very confusing. They're like backwards R's. There's random accents all over the place. But, you know, Duolingo gave me a very important sentence to know how to say uh, last week on one of my lessons. Um, is the question who farted? Uh, no, the sentence is, Privyet Loshad. And that means, hello, horse. <laughs> it's so useful, right? Yeah, right. Is that? I wonder if that's the truth. Have you seen those TikTok videos that um, that all it is is just somebody saying in like a, it's either Scottish or Irish. I can't tell. Or somebody is just saying whose horse is that? That's my favorite TikTok trend right now. <laughs> no, I, I have not. I feel like that's like the Russian equivalent. Like maybe that's the translation. Uh, it's just who's. I can say we have a horse. Okay, that's also useful, even though you don't. Yeah. I can also say horses eat apples, or the horses are eating apples. <laughs> I thought you were going to say horses eat ass. <laughs> horses eat ass. Maybe they do. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, to each their own. No judgment. Yeah. Yeah. No judgment. <laughs> All right. Cool. <laughs> oh, I love your toast, too. Pretty That's good. so cool. Good for you. It's a lot of fun, and it makes my brain, like, do stuff, because my brain doesn't normally have stuff to do, so. I know you're, like, it's into, great. like, Russian history and stuff. Is that what sort of prompted this? Like, what made you want to learn Russian of all things? Uh, so there's a Russian show called Catherine the Great, and it's beautiful. It's kind of like Tudors meets the crown. Okay. And it's clearly about Catherine the Great, but, like, the spelling, it's Ekaterina, and, uh, it's, uh, all in Russian, so you have to have subtitles on, and it is so good. And I just thought it'd be fun, and the first place I want to go, like, when we can travel again is St. Petersburg to see the palaces and everything. So I figured I might as well at least learn how to read the letters and maybe know a few phrases. No, that's really cool. That's awesome. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Good for you. Thank you. I'm doing something with my life. Yeah. What's yours? Um, so <laughs> mine's gonna be mine's <laughs> obvious and, and it's low hanging fruit for me this week, but I, I it's something that I'm just really proud of and it's not something that I, I feel like I can really talk about um on Twitter because the whole world is just burning down around us and there's so much bad stuff happening. It it feels weird to sort of want to celebrate anything um in a public space like twitter so i've been sort of keeping this to myself but this is our space so i'm gonna celebrate it here um obviously this week the the schmodown match went very well um i i played a perfect match in that i did not miss a single question i had to go multiple choice on one but beyond that it could not have gone better for me so i'm I'm very very pleased but the people that I, i i need to toast to this week are all the people that sort of helped make my victory possible because 
I mentioned this in the Q&A, but there isn't a single person in the Schmodown that accomplishes anything alone. Alice has been sort of leading the charge and leading a team of people that have been kind of coaching me through this. A group of our friends have been very generous with their time um, and sending her questions and sending me questions and making sure that I'm prepared for any and all deep cuts and any weak spot that I had um, in my in my knowledge or any gap in my knowledge that they had observed. They have done everything they can to fill. So our buddy Andy in Australia, our friend Luis, who's out in the LA area, um, our friend Devor, who you heard from today doing his Yoda impression, and then of course Alan Voivod at Star Wars 7x7, who also wrote the Force Awakens trivia book. All four of those people have been incredibly helpful in huge resources for me in preparing for this match. We only had three weeks to prepare for this. I only got three weeks notice that it was happening. I normally spend two months preparing and that I had to shrink down my, my study schedule in a huge way. And those people were all really, really helpful, obviously in addition to Alice. So I, I really appreciate Thank all you. of you guys that helped. I appreciate Alice for sorting, sort of kind of collecting all of the information and, and putting it in one place for me to be able to access. I really, really appreciate everyone's help in that. I owe all of you a huge thank you and probably a beer next time I see you or 10. Um, same goes for my corruption teammates, Chance Ellison, Mike Kalinowski, and Adam Collins. They were all hugely instrumental in in getting me up to speed and, and back in my A-game for this match. And also Shannon for sort of, between Shannon and Alice, they are sort of the people corralling everything and making it happen. It's been really, really crazy to have so many great people in my corner and on my team, and I really appreciate all of you. Oh, yay. Oh, man. That was so exciting. That was such an exciting match last week. Yay! So we'll see. I'm I'm looking forward to watching all of them coming up. I am too, dude. Summer. My like my dad texted me and he's like, I have reminders set for the next ones. He's like, I know you're not playing it until July, but I, I gotta follow this now. And I was like, Yes, nice. Yeah. I think Rose wants to watch them too. Nice. Well so that's we, good. all three of us can watch. Yay. Yeah. We can watch and drink. Very cool. Yay. All right. Well, that's it. Wow. Another record time. Well, Thanks for listening. Um, let's all ring in the summer together. Congratulations, guys. We made it to summer in a pandemic. Almost summer. Whatever. If you like what you hear, spread the news. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and say something nice about us because that makes us happy. Yeah, I know we have a, not a, a lot of new listeners this week. We've got a lot of new Twitter followers, which is really exciting. If you're not already following us on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Pod. You can email the show at ForcedToastPod at gmail.com. If you have any trivia you want to send to Alice so that she can quiz me on our next episode, send that to Alice at ForcedToastPod.com. And subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, Stitcher, Overcast, Google Podcasts. There's a full list of all the places you can find our show on our website, which is horsetoastpod.com. Goodbye, horse. <laughs> that was I actually I can that say that. beautiful. That was a very, that was a lovely transition to end on. I thought so too. God, I'm so burpy today. My boobs are sweating. It's like really awful. <laughs> Walking with the dog. He likes the dog. Nice. So I'm like, well. And we know she likes him because Wednesday's a slut. Exactly. She's such a fucking hoe. This never happens to me. This is your job. I know, right? It's my job to be the sweaty monster. Yeah. <laughs> this is my thing. Oh, <laughs> curse you. All I see is like this up. So I can't see anything. Oh, like this. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Right on. You're welcome. I appreciate the boob shot. Okay. Anytime, anytime. That's what they're here for. Yeah.